0: The rest of us, let's stand up just for a second, take your Bible, say, this is my Bible, I am what it says I am, I have what it says I have, I can do what it says I can do, today I'll be taught the Word of God, I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same, never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah. Okay, so we're going to Genesis chapter 1 for a second, and of course, that's where we began in those first chapters of this year already, Genesis 1, and then we're in the book of Luke also and so forth, but everything God did, he did with a plan. Everything God does, he does it with the purpose. And now we're not talking about, again, if you understand the word of God, he's not doing bad things. He's only, only doing good things. Uh, and so many people, because they don't know the Bible, get things confused and think everything that happens is from God, which is totally 100% wrong. Right. All right? Because there's a devil in the world. The world is a fallen place. So as a result, we have accidents and sicknesses and all this because of the fall of Adam. That'll all be restored, of course, when Jesus comes back and we go to heaven and all that. However, in the meantime, we're standing on his word, on his promises, and believing him. So everything he did, creation was a planned event. You know, we, we're on the earth, and we have a sun. It's out today. It may not feel real warm right now, but it's out today. And, and we have a solar system, and we're part of a, of a galaxy called the Milky Way, And in this galaxy, some people say there's up to a a billion stars and so forth in this galaxy that we're in. So think of this. Now, we're in a solar system, and all this is held together. You know, God spoke it all into existence. So it's amazing. The smarter people get, you'd think that they'd realize, boy, there's a bigger power out there. You know, and sadly, the smarter people get, the more stupid they become a lot of times, you know, because somehow they're still trying to figure out all these things. But if they just look at it, you, everything, everything, all, everything God made tells you there's a creator. Worldwide tells you someone made this. And sadly, people all over the planet stop and worship all kinds of things. They, they can worship the stars or they can worship plants or animals or things. And it's like, no, no, you're missing the point here. You worship the one who made it all. And then that puts them on a path to seek who he is. And God will reveal himself through his son, Jesus Christ, to people. People are getting saved all over the world, by the way. It's really, really, uh, you're not going to hear it on constantly negative news, CNN. But all, all over the world, people are getting saved and transformed and redeemed. And there's revivals happening in many, many places. Yes, there are, there's persecution. And yes, there's people that are dying for their faith. But each one of those is like a seed planted and more spring up. <laughs> it's amazing. So all of this, so, so we have the Earth, and we have our solar system, and then we're part of a galaxy called the Milky Way. But now think of this, that, that as science scientists get smarter, and they get all the telescopes and so forth, and, they, and then they realize that we're in this galaxy with, with, say, a billion other galaxies or so forth, but then there's a billion galaxies. So the Milky Way has a billion stars. Now there's a billion galaxies. There's no end to this. You know, So, as much as people think there's a black hole out there or whatever, no, it's just a doorway to another galaxy or another thing like that. And all this is held together by what God put in place. Gravitation, things are orbiting, and it's not falling apart. It's not falling apart in the sense that, that everything's wacko out there, like we've got things bouncing off each other They're not. God spoke that into existence. Remember when we went to the planetarium, there's a planetarium at Southwest Minnesota State, Marshall. It's about 1988. So we took, uh, we took about four, four vans, and we went over to Marshall to the planetarium. The planetarium is such, so we, we had a pre-thing planned, and they had a professor come to talk and so forth, and then you, you can sit in a seat, and you can recline, and then you can see in this in this room, you can see the stars, and you can see the Milky Way galaxy, and you can they can point out... The names of various stars and stuff. Pretty impressive. And, and uh, how many of you have ever been to a planetarium? Many of you? Okay, a lot of you have. That's good. So, so uh, anyway, the, the person, of course, who was giving the talk, and they knew we were from a church, but the person who was giving the talk was like, oh well, all this just kind of how this happened and so forth. And it was kind of cute. Uh, there's a scripture in Job. Job there. It's kind of cute. One of the Sunday school kids raised their hands and they said, yeah, but, but the Bible talks about stars and constellations. And of course, here it is in Job, the Pleiades and Orion and Mizaroth and so forth. The Bible talks about that. And the guy was like, what? What? <laughs> that's in the Bible? Yeah, that's in the Bible. In fact, if people had read the Bible, they'd have known the world is round, not flat, the circle of the earth. So a lot of things you can read when You you can understand a lot of the world if you just read the Bible. So, so here, one of the Sunday school kids trumped the professor and caused him to be speechless for a while as he fumbled around to figure out how he was going to answer this child who just gave him Bible verses, naming stars and constellations. So, God put things into place. Call it a solar system, because there's a method, and there's a plan, how God... Put things together there's an order, God is a planner and and if we look at what's here, it helps us to get a, a glimpse of the goodness of God that it's not it's not disorder chaos it's all it's all good it's all organized. we have a day and night, don't we now it's not like it's not like, oh, we missed that day, we had two nights in a row wow, why I wanted a day in there you know it's always it's it's planned. It's organized to the second of how things go in terms of cycles. So we have a, a day and night cycle. We have an animal kingdom. Call it an animal kingdom because of all the different species that were within that as far as mammals or reptiles or so forth. We have a plant kingdom, things that, that would deal with plants, with botany. I had a neighbor once who was the chief uh, evolutionist for the state of South Dakota. We had some interesting talks. We both like trees, and and uh, so we we didn't we didn't clash, but it was just like we came from different points of view. Him evolution everything just evolved, and me like thank you Jesus for my trees. So I'd always be going to the yard, the art praising God and stuff, for our trees and all the things like that. God created all that. He put all these things here, and he put it amazingly. It's all in a balance. Your human body. Your human body, you walked in here, you didn't probably even think today, unless, unless you have pain or something, but otherwise you didn't think. You got up, you put on your clothes and so forth, you went to church, thought so it was a little cold, and your body's just carrying you around. And it just naturally, your arms and legs just naturally flow together. There's a rhythm. All works together. And in the body, so you have one body, hallelujah, human body, but within that body are 11 major systems. Think of this. Talk about the intricacy of God, that within your body, you have one body, but you have 11 systems. You have a nervous system, right? Hallelujah. You have a circulatory system that pumps blood, heart. You have a respiratory system, your lungs, that also brings oxygen into your red blood cells and so forth and nourishes your body. You have a digestive system. Everybody says, hallelujah, we can eat, amen. See, he created, all, he created 11 systems, and they're all working together so that you flow together as a person. You have an endocrine system. You have an excretory system, so forth, in your body. You have an immune system, hallelujah. You know, Jeannie and I, we pray over our immune systems all the time. You know, because people, people say, oh, there's all these things out there. We say, thank you, Jesus, for a strong immune system. Blessed immune system, <laughs> which comes in part from your bone marrow. Amen. You can speak to your bone marrow and so forth that it produces the right cells, white cells, red cells in, in, in cooperation with each other, T cells. So you have an immune system. You have an uh, integumentary system, which is your skin. Skin is so important. That's why it's very, very difficult to treat burn victims. Because then they lose their skin; it opens their body up to infections. So your skin is a huge system. We don't think about it. You know, as I get older, if you have a few more age spots, you know, you know, I go to the dermatologist once a year, and the doctor says, "You got a lot of wisdom. That's a wisdom spot. That's a wisdom spot." You know, and and it's just what you have as you age. If you're younger, thank God, you don't have those yet. So. Uh, you know, you have... So your skin is a system. Amen? amen. All these things are, are part of us. We have muscles. You say amen? amen. You, have to, you, use, you have to use these systems uh, on purpose. Some of them like muscles. Uh, uh, you have a skeletal system. You have a reproductive system. All of these are systems that are independent... They're, they're independent, they're separate, but they're all dependent. In other words, they're all separate systems, but they all need each other. In other words, you can't take one out of the body and say, you know, that one really isn't too important. We'll just get rid of that one. No, no you're not, not going to live. So they're all separate, but they're all dependent. Now, who did that? Did that just happen? The more, the more I learn of science, and I, I for a while in my life I was a scientist, but the more I learn of scientists, the bigger I see God is. We had a man in our church years ago who was a professor in the physics department, and he had come to Christ not through our church, but we met him and got spirit-filled and so forth. And the more he knew the science, all of a sudden with atoms and all these things, the more he saw the hand of God in it. Oh, that's pretty powerful. So look at your, just look at yourself for a second. Stand up, stand up a second, stand up a second, and look at yourself, kind of turn around, or look at somebody else and realize, hey, they got one body and 11 systems. Now, the Bible says, look at someone and say, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you are made in the image of God. Okay? Dogs and cats are not made in God's image, right? Only people are. Amen? Hallelujah. You're the crowning of his creation. Look at him again. and says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at him again and say, you are very important. (laughs) You are. You are. Okay, you can have a seat again a second. So God, God focused on details. I love that about the Lord. He focused on details, and all around us, all around us, and all of you have to look at yourself in the mirror, but you can see the detailed handiwork of God. And I'll just say this, he doesn't make mistakes. I understand, I understand we live in a fallen world, I understand sometimes we face things and, and there can be things that happen that aren't good, I know that. But, but from God's viewpoint, it was all supposed to be good. Your body is supposed to be in harmony. Amen. Amen? Cancer develops when a, when a cell goes rogue and all of a sudden starts doing something else. And, and it happens that way. But his plan is not for cancer. Amen. His plan is for good health. His plan. He, why does he want you to live a long life? Not, not, it's not, doesn't come down to retirement. I got money, saved. we got retirement, this, it isn't about at all about retirement. It's about that you would be a vessel yielded to him to shine for him for the rest of your life, wherever you're at. That's why you want to live a long life. Amen. Because when we're done with this life and we go to heaven, well, then now we're no longer here to witness. All right. No longer, that's over now. But right now, while we are alive here and now on the ground, we've got a job to do. Matthew 10, I I just think again of the Lord, you know, that he says the hairs of your head are numbered. Wow. That's a statement, you know, that Jesus made. But you have to think about it. He knows so much about me. Now, here's the thing. He knows me the best of anybody. Now, I can think, well, I know my wife or I know my kids. No, God knows us the best and he loves us the most. So he knows every flaw that I have. <laughs> he knows everything I've did that's wrong. And yet he loves me the most. <laughs> knows all the hairs in my head. Some of us have more. Some of us have less. <laughs> but he knows them all. And, he's, and you think about that. you know. He knows, knows if a sparrow falls from a tree. There's so many things that we would think we wouldn't even take thought of. And yet God God cares so much about us that he does. He does take thought. He does love us with an everlasting love. He does care for us. Amen? He does want you to be well. Amen? Amen. And all my life, I've had issues and so I've had cancer and I've had cancer treatments. I've had all kinds of stuff. And yet, our daughter, we'd be in the clinic, you know, when she was critically ill. We'd be praying over her immune system. And the thing is, the thing is, you know, in spite of that, no cures or anything like that. Years later, the Mayo Clinic brings her over there and say, we cannot understand why you're well. And they do more tests on her because they think this can't be true. But it is true. <laughs> It is true. You know, and it's by God's grace, isn't that right? It's by his grace, and we just trust him and we 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 put our faith in him. So we come to the scripture in Jeremiah twenty nine. And and it's no wonder God would say something like this. Jeremiah twenty nine, I have plans for you. Well, that's People act like that's a big thing. Look at the world, folks. There's all kinds of plans out here. (laughs) He planned this world in a good way. Got plans for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Why? That's good news. Hallelujah. A A lot of people just need to read their Bibles better. Because a lot of times, again, they're thinking maybe something happens. Well, God must have a purpose. He's doing this to you. It's like, no, no, no. He's not here to harm you. If I treated my kids or grandkids like some people say God is i I'd, I'd be in social services and probably be in jail. <laughs> you know well, you beat your kid, you're going to jail. God is not sadistic, he's compassionate. He has good plans for us, and the plans are good not to harm us. Now, notice to prosper just means don't think of don't think of riches in that way, but think of you know money can't buy health, amen. Can't buy a, Money can't buy a good night's sleep. You know, the world, the world is in a pickle, you know, and, and we have the answers. The Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace is what people need, right? You want to sleep at night? Hey, I've got a good gospel for you. I've got a good RX, a good prescription. Talk to Jesus and so forth and you can sleep at night. Hallelujah. You can lay down and your sleep can be sweet, so, so he prospers us. There's inner prosperity as well as physical prosperity. There's natural prosperity. I understand that. But his plans are to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a future and a hope. Now, that future and a hope is not my retirement plan. Amen? His, his plans for us is to use us. So yes we, we live in various houses and we have jobs and so forth we all know different people but his plan is to use us for his glory yeah. to do what? Well just simply tell people about Jesus. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say it's not complicated. <laughs> not complicated, all right? We're 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 here we're here for his service. Amen. Amen. We're here for his service. All right. Now We have a human nature. So because uh, of Adam's sin, we all are products, of course, of our parents. So we have physical DNA that follows us in our life. And that DNA gives us traits, so forth. So, So we may follow a trait that maybe that was in our mom or dad or grandparents or something like that. Now that's not bad as long as that trait's good. But now we come into Christ and I get born again. And I have a, now I have a heavenly father. And so as I look at my life and I realize, wow, you know, you can come to Jesus, but now we, we grow. Amen. We're renewed in his image. And so now I say, oh, thank you, Jesus change this area and change this area and so forth. And he does. I begin to change, change, say change. Change, change is good in this way. We begin to change to be more like Jesus. So we have a human nature, or an old man, and, and most of the time that human nature resists planning. Habakkuk chapter 2, when it says, uh, uh, the Lord is saying, write the vision or write the plan. So we don't want to resist what God, who is very nature is. We want to be like him. So he says, write the vision, make it plain. The vision is like the plan. Write down down a plan. What what do you feel like God is saying? I understand it's all up to the Lord, but still, good to have a plan. Amen? Write it down, make it clear, so that you can run with it. You can can go forward with it. Or someone else could read it and say, hey, that's good, let's do it. The vision is yet for an appointed time. So the plan is always something in the future. I'm not planning for yesterday. Yes, right don't want to say, I have a plan for 2021 Christmas. And people look at you like, you are crazy. You know, that's past. That's past tense. Your plan is always future. So you write it down. It's for an appointed time. It's going to be manifested. And it may detour here or there. That's that's how things go. But it won't lie. And if it, if it tarries, you wait for it. Because it's going to come to pass. So you have this plan out there. And you, you're trusting God. To bring it to pass now this this comes down to what your life you know you know just think about life uh, uh, it'd be like a, 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 you take a minute of planning will save you an hour in the future, just a little minute of planning it'd be like if you're going to the grocery store it'd be like Oh, boy, there's so much... You ever understand, they Ever stop to think why well, they got those people out there? Hey, you want this to eat? <laughs> I'm starved. I'll buy three boxes. You know, I mean, why do they have all that out there? Because people don't have a plan and it's like all of a sudden they want what they've got, but it wasn't on their menu. They're just buying on impulse, right? Actually, a lot of people make plenty of money. They just don't know how to use their money. A spending plan... Is something that rather than getting to the end of the month, wondering where your money went, you can get to the end, uh, the start of the month and tell your money where to go. And part of that going is to a savings account. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. See, so you're, you're, you're planning things, you're planning all kinds of things in life. You plan stuff. You plan to go to work. Hallelujah. Right. You, you kids go to school, you plan to go to school, and what do you do? You plan to graduate, say hallelujah. You <laughs> have all kinds of things in life, or you finish school and you, you might have a plan, what do you want to do? Sometimes people are thinking, I wonder what God wants me to do, and I say, what do you want to do? You know, he gives you desires. What do you like to do? Well, I like working with my hands. Go do it. Go work with your hands. There's different things in construction. Or so I was talking to a senior girl the other day at another school. And I said, what are, what are her plans? And she's going to be a mechanic. And she said, go do it. She likes it. Yeah. Go work with her hands. She loves Jesus. Thought, Hallelujah. Yeah. What, what you do, what you want to do. God gave you those things. Amen. Yeah. But then the bottom line is you're still serving Jesus. You know, we we sometimes make things complicated, and he's just working with us in our thoughts and lives and so forth to do what fits us, do what fits you. Amen? Some people love music. Go for music. Some people love uh, drama. Go for drama. Some people love sports or so forth. I saw a game the other day, and I thought, I'm not sure any of those people belong in this sport, you know? Basketball, <laughs> you know, and they were probably there because their parents pushed them to be out there. I am serious, by the way. I had a very difficult time dribbling. You know, so you have to you have to think. What do you like to do? Turn to your neighbor and say, "What do you like to do?" Well, God has plans. Amen. He has plans. It. Oh, for every minute spent in organizing is an hour earned. Isn't that good? That's good. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Luke 14. All right, let's look there. If you're going to build a tower, you sit down first and you count or estimate the cost, right? Now, this means you're planning. Now, you have to understand that the Bible gives us a lot of direction in our life. You're not going to learn this from the government. The government will pass bills, and they don't even know what they're doing with it. Ah, oh, we passed that bill, now let's see, we've got to figure out what we're going to do with that money, you know. Well, no one runs their own house on that level. You buy a house, or own a house, or maintain a house with a plan. You have to plan. And Jesus is just saying, if you, if you intend to do something, you sit down first, say first, Count the cost. Now count the cost means you're estimating things or you have a plan. A builder has a blueprint. These be blueprints, they're not blue anymore. <laughs> That's an old word, isn't it? But but the builder has a plan. Builder has a plan where everything goes, all right? God has a plan. If we walk in the Spirit, we're going to walk within a plan. We're going to walk with the planner. Who's living in you? The planner. The planner's living in you. The planner knows that there's good things aimed at you. The planner wants to bless you. But if we're so busy and we don't have time to look at stuff, then we're not going to be probably in tune with the plan. Isn't that right? I mean, we were building a house one time, and I came in, I always would walk by a project and so forth, and I walked in the place and I knew it because I drew the plans and there was a wall in a certain place. I said, that wall doesn't belong there. Well, the wall was already up. just a stud wall. I said, that wall doesn't belong there. He said, Oh yeah, no, it does. It does. I said, no, it doesn't go look at the plan. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you know, they'd pull and move a wall. We had a house one time and stopped by fortunately late in the afternoon and they, they bricked, put blocks in the basement. And, and, uh, anyway, they, Blocked up a whole wall, and I came and I said, Now you know there's a window on that wall. And the masonry guy said, No, there isn't. I said, There's a window right there. Here's the plan. He went over there, and he started pulling off blocks off the wall. Just didn't look at the plan. Good worker, just didn't look at the plan. Turn to your neighbor and say, Follow the Bible. <laughs> Follow the Bible. The Bible gives us things for our lives. Amen. For your life. He wants to, you know, I just realized he wants to bless me. And then if He blessed blessing me, he wants to bless my marriage. He wants to bless my kids. Now, yes, the world is imperfect, but I want to do everything I can to put myself in unity with the planner. <laughs> Romans eight fourteen says that we're led by the spirit of God. So. We're led by the planner of the universe. (laughs) Look at this, the plan of all these galaxies and solar systems and maker of our bodies. We're led by this planner. The planner lives in us. Wow, pretty neat. Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, verse 4 and 5, talks, and there's a word there that says predestination. People get all messed up with these words, you know. But it says he chose us before the foundation of the world. Now, chose us means that God had a plan that he would love this world. Now, now you see, some people say, and he chose you, and you, and you, and you folks are going to hell. Too bad, you know. No, he chose, he chose humanity. He made us in his image. He chose humanity to love us even while we were his enemies. So he made a choice that we should be holy without blemish before him in love. He predestined, he planned to adopt us. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. I love adoption. <laughs> I love adoption. We have, we have grandkids who are adopted. They're our kids. Hallelujah. So adoption is, is great in the natural and it's biblical. I'm adopted into this family. All right? I wasn't born a Jew in Israel or anything, but I'm now in Christ Jesus, a Jew in him. Amen. So he predestined us. He planned to adopt us. And it's according to his good pleasure. So people get all this out here like he picked this person. And that, no, no, no. And then they get out there and they think like he's micromanaging. You know, I've had people say, I wonder when I should go to the store. And I'm thinking, go to the store. God isn't micromanaging your life. You are to go to the store store, 2 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. If you miss it, you're out of my will. No, you make a cho- choice, right? Amen. One of the things God gave us is, is in humanity is a free will. And we see that in the fall of man. With Adam and Eve, they had a choice. Wish they didn't. <laughs> Wish they didn't do that. But we're living with some of those things today, right? But you have a choice. And we want to choose just to flow with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Predestined just means he planned ahead of time. He planned ahead of time. We have kids who plan to adopt. Just, it didn't, someone didn't show up at the door and say, hey, I got a child for you. You want them? No, it wasn't that way. They planned to adopt. They saved to adopt. They did all these things to adopt. God planned to adopt us. Realize this. You can see somebody who you might, on the TV or anything, think oh, they're such an evil person. However, Jesus still wants to adopt them. He still wants to bring them into our family. You know, think of, think of Saul of Tars- Tarsus, you know, and, and, and when, when uh, uh, you know, Ananias is like, what? You're that guy? I don't know. And Jesus said, hey, I saved him. He's going to be in your family. He's going to be your brother. Yeah, right? And he goes and he lays his hand and says, brother Saul. I feel kind of awkward saying this, but brother Saul <laughs> came in the family. Ephesians 1 and verse 11, again, says, says this word. We've obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. He gives us a plan, a plan decided beforehand for our lives to to give us everything we need. Works all things according to the counsel of his will. It's a plan to not just save us now, but now to use us. He wants to bless your family. Amen? So many people think, you know, well... Boy, we're not very good. And that's the whole point why you got a Savior. Amen? <laughs> You're never going to be good enough. So, so to speak, I don't deserve to be in this family of God. I know you don't. But he thinks you are, so come on in. <laughs> Join the crowd. He loves us. And we become blood brothers in Christ. Amen? And he gives us visions and dreams. What are visions and dreams? They are... Plans. Plans. Some of those plans, understand this, some of those plans aren't even for your lifetime. They might be for you doing something, setting it up for the next person. All right, who comes after you. What decisions you make today will affect your children and grandchildren, it will affect their lives because of your planning. Isn't that right? I mean, even, even uh, uh, when our parents passed away, there was no inheritance in the natural. But, but we purpose then to be different parents, to live frugally, to save something so that there will be an inheritance when we leave this life. Turn to your neighbor and say, plan ahead. <laughs> now, you don't know when you're going to leave this life. Nobody does, but you want to plan accordingly, Amen. Folks, there's a lot of, I've been to so many minister's meetings through the years, and ministers that die, and they can't even even pay the funeral bill. And they want to take an offering or so forth. And I always think, you know, I'm not here to buy caskets. I'm here to bless ministries. I want to bless ministries. But, of course, I always think of ministers of all, and I've said this to the minister in the conferences and so forth, ministers of all people should be planners. Jeannie knows, but we're going to leave this life. If Jesus doesn't come back, I'm going to leave this life and there's going to be a funeral. It's going to cost something. Right? And it's not like, and Lord, where's that money tree, Lord? Where's that money tree? No, plan for it. Plan for it. Turn to your neighbor again and say, plan ahead. So, you know, it's, uh, I've said this too, but like when we started the ministry, we started the ministry and and we'd have some songs and stuff and everything. And so so the ministry was young and, and the person would play a song and then they stopped. Their eyes were closed, it was silent. They were listening. Awkward. And then, then they start playing again. They play another song and then have eyes closed and stop waiting. I said, uh, I said to him later, I said, what are you doing? I'm just listening to the Lord. I just want to listen to the Lord for the right song and so forth. And I said, I can appreciate that. But i tell you what, I think God knows on Wednesday what well, we can sing on Sunday. That's right. So I said, on Wednesday, you get a song list and you have a plan. And we're not going to have any dead spots. And the service he's looking at me. See, a lot of Spirit-filled Christians, they're just flying by the seat of their pants. I just want to be led by the Spirit. That's wacko, folks. The Holy Spirit doesn't move that way. I'll just tell you that. The Holy Spirit has a plan. He can talk to us way before meeting time or whatever. And people might think, oh, they're just being led by the Spirit. No, God told us that two days ago. There's a plan. So it doesn't look look like, oh, we didn't know anything was going to happen. No, God wants to tell us what's going to happen. Amen. Kind of silent in here. This is a good message for ministers, because a lot of people they're just they're just kind of you know loosey goosey. Whatever happens happens, and don't realize that they don't have a plan. They're wasting a lot of time. And Jesus didn't waste time. I just want to tell you that. When when when. Uh, uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. I Not mean, there, but in, in the Gospel of John. And he comes, he says, we're going to go over there, and Lazarus needs our help, you know, and so forth. They said, oh, that's goodness, that's goodness. And then he said, Lazarus sleeps. Oh, yeah, well, that's good if he's sleeping. He's been sick. That's good if he's resting. And then finally he said to him, Lazarus is dead. Okay, he's dead. And we're going to go over there, and we're going to raise him from the dead. We're going to minister to him. And everybody there all think, "Well, oh, let's go with him. We'll die with him. <laughs> over there and then of course Jesus comes and, and remember the story you know Jesus you know they're all they're all grieving Mary Martha they're all grieving Jesus starts to cry oh look at how he loved him. he cried he loved him too he's weeping that he's dead he already knew he was dead he knew he was dead days ago <laughs> people just don't read the scripture he's not weeping because he's dead he's weeping because they don't believe who he is that he's the resurrection and the life He's grieved for them. He comes to the tomb, you know, and they're still still doing that. And Jesus groans in the spirit. He's praying in the Holy Ghost. Because they don't believe. And finally he says, roll the stone away. And Martha goes, he's, he says, he's dead and stinks by now. Says, Just would you do what I ask you to do. And he says with a loud voice, R- Lazarus, come forth. He had a plan. The whole, days, he'd been dead four days. He had planned five days earlier. Jesus goes out early in the morning. And he's praying. And what's he just is he just praying in the spirit and just praying nothing? No, he's listening. Remember, I said we should we should listen twice as much as we talk. So my prayer time says I get up in the morning and I listen. I listen and I say, oh that's good. I write something down. Oh that's good. He'll order my day, he'll order my steps, he shows all kinds of things. It's amazing. Why? Because he's a planner. Days flow really well. Some people say, oh, you're just really blessed. I am. Because I listen to the planner. When it comes to the gospel of Mark, and Jesus is feeding the thousands, all right? So he's, he's, he's feeding 5,000 people, besides women and children. So there might have been 10,000, 12,000, 15,000. We don't know. All of this took time, right? So Jesus directs them. To sit down. Now, how does he do it? He says, first of all, sit down. Why do you want to sit down? Because when people are hungry, they'll stampede you. Smart. So all this took, how long did this take? Probably hours. Have him sit down. And he, and he said, sit down on green grass. And then what did he say? I want you to have them sit down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Do you realize how hard that is? Do you, do you realize how people don't like it? I don't want to be in that group. I, love, I want to sit in their group. I like them. They, I want No, no, no. No, John said, just sit down. You're going to eat in a minute. You can talk later. Commander. Sit down, sit down. Hundreds, thousands, 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 thousands. Took time. Think how many acres you had to have. Think how much room you had to have. So you got all these people sitting in groups of 50s and 100s. Now, why is that? Because, of course, they're bringing a basket that will be the size for that group of 50 or that group of 100. It was a planned event. People say, oh, it just spontaneously happened. Don't read the scripture. It was well thought out, very detailed, even to the point, pick up the basketfuls that are left. I don't want to waste that loaf of bread. We're not throwing those fish away. It was well thought out to every detail. That's how God works. That's a good thing. Amen. So he can talk to us. He can talk to me today about tomorrow. Or he can talk to me today about next month. He's a planner. And all he wants us to do is listen. We're, we're not. We don't have to do. That's the neat thing. The Holy Spirit. If we're led by the Spirit. Or we walk in the Spirit. The Spirit will do work. And we're just. Kind of along for the ride. Amen. So he looked up to heaven, break the loaves, gave them to the disciples. He sat before him, divided the fish amongst them all, goes to the next verses and so forth. And finds out there were 5,000 people. And they picked up 12 baskets. It's interesting, they counted 12 baskets full of the pieces of bread and the fish. Full. He had a plan. He has a plan for the Great Commission. Jesus said in Matthew 28 to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, we have a plan. How do we do that? We plan. We have plans. We have plans to reach the world. We're not hoping by accident we reach the world. We have a plan to reach the world. That's why we're here ultimately, isn't it? Sometimes people think, well, I can't go to this country or that country. And God totally understands that. But you go to this school or you have these neighbors or you shop over here. See, right? You can invite that couple into your house. It's like the lady who was the great cook and so forth, and she she knew how to cook great, so she kept baking and bringing it to the neighbors and reached her city block in two years' time, but it reached her city block with apple pies. There's anointings, amen? There's anointings to cook. Like Dorcas was a good seamstress, and everybody's wailing, we can't lose her, why? Because she sews well. See, we think we think ministry is like, oh, we have to stand and give a message. No, no, no. That's a few people do that. But ministry is out there. It's marketplace ministry. It's in the world. It's doing what we do best. Greg would shoe horses and witness. Kirk's putting out uh, uh, concrete, you know, and witnessing. You can be in school and witness. You can be anywhere and witness. So, as we listen to the Lord, and that's the whole thing here this morning, let's listen to what God has. It's not complicated. Amen. God loves people, and He wants us to reach people. Think of somebody maybe you think isn't real pleasant, and think of a way you can be nice to that person. Think of a way you can plant a seed with that person. Somebody that maybe they might even be obnoxious, but you can still be nice. Say to your neighbor, You can be nice. You can be nice. You can still smile at them. You can still, still be nice and so forth toward them to be a blessing. We're up to time here. Let's just pray. Father, let's put our hands in the air a second. Lord, we surrender to you, and we thank you that you're working in our lives. You created us. Wow. <laughs> you created us. I, I'm amazed, Lord, 11 systems in our body, how we're fearfully, wonderfully made, created. Wow. It's awesome. And, Lord, that that you have good plans for us. For each person here, each person listening to my voice today, and this is something you can share on the Internet, by the way. Just hit the share button. But you've got good good plans for us. And I thank you for just blessing people, Lord, as they dream, as they think about you, as as you give them ideas about their future, about how you want to use them. I, I speak blessings over the households represented here. Blessings over parenting, blessings over children. I thank you, Lord, for you are interwoven in our lives, our everyday, daily lives. And Father, we give you praise for this. We're we're just so glad to be in you. We're so thankful for your Holy Spirit in us. And Lord, I I just thank you now just for using us from this place today, using us around this world for your glory. And Father, thank you for this in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. amen? amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right, reach out, shake hands, introduce yourself if need be to your neighbor to say thanks for coming, thanks for being here. No service tonight, but we've got a great week ahead. Amen.